Welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. John Lennon once said, a dream you dream alone is only a dream. A dream you dream together is reality. Join me as we connect dreams to reality by chatting with innovators from around Washington, DC. Our show is proudly sponsored by the DC chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. This is the Impactful Leadership Show. Welcome everybody. Uh, welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. This is Greg McDonough, your host. I'm the CEO of Blackburn Capital Advisors and the chapter president of the Washington DC chapter for the Entrepreneurs Organization. Uh, today we have Sonia Kason as our guest. Welcome, Sonia. Thank you, Greg. Glad to be here. It's great to have you. Sonia is a self-described intriguing entrepreneur, <laughs> the former chairman and board member of the Mount Vernon Lee Chamber of Commerce and a franchise owner of the Cleaning Authority. Welcome again. Thank you. That is me. Um, I'm active in my church as well with our entrepreneurship ministry and the community is important to me. Um, they have really supported my franchise. So it's always great to be able to find different places where I can give back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's jump right into uh, a discussion around leadership. I would love to hear from you about any misconceptions that you've seen in leadership and or entrepreneurship in general. Sure. Um, so this is a fun topic. I guess the, the first thing that comes to mind that was a surprise um, for me in terms of leadership, I started my company now, it's coming on 18 and a half years. Um, so I was in my early 30s when I started. Um, and I was very active to give people opportunity to grow um, to the point that I would sometimes even promote them um, to say, okay, this is going to be a great opportunity for you. And I really learned that Number the biggest surprise is that people need to want it themselves as opposed to me kind of dragging them along the way. Um, I really needed to show them that the opportunity is there, but then have the patience to wait for them to um, see that this is something they can do and then um, allow them for them to really come to me to say, yes, they're ready to move into that opportunity. Makes it easier for them, makes it more uh, enjoyable for me as well. Um, so that was a surprise. I was also surprised by um, how much consistency plays a, a role in my company. I own a residential cleaning company. Um, and I was surprised in my franchise that I have one of the lowest turnover of, of, of franchise-wise and in Canada. And I think it's because my office is very consistent. We have certain procedures that I put in place um, and the staff kind of knows what to expect. They know what their morning routine is going to be. They pretty much know how it's going to work. They, can, they know that people are going to be treated the same uh, to a certain degree. Um, they know how discipline is going to happen. Um, so if they are out of line, they kind of know what to expect. So um, that seems to have really kept my turnover lower, um, which has been nice. Um, and then the final thing, which is really kind of sad that I know this, but um, I was a director at the NASDAQ stock market. So I was used to being a leader and, and, um, and everything that comes along with having that title. But building a business as big as I built it, um, I was surprised to see how much my world has created the impact. So I went to a, we had a company picnic and to look around and see all of my employees, see all of their kids, see the spouses, the cars, everything else that is kind of dependent on my company, on me, on my leadership, getting this right, um, I think was kind of a, a nice little come home to Jesus moment. Um, uh, that I really needed to understand, um, look, you know, you've got to make these decisions and you better make the right ones because there's a lot of people dependent on you. That's certainly true. It, it reminds me of my childhood. Uh, my father ran a construction engineering business for, I don't know, 30 years. 
And every year they would do an annual retreat and they would go somewhere and it wasn't just the employees, but it was their partners and their spouse and their kids. And, and I asked my dad, you know, when I was in college, I said, why, like, why are you putting that much money into your retreats? And he says, well, he said, it's not about the employee. It's about the kids and the spouse and the partners. So that when you do need to work late that one time, or those 10 times that they understand they're part of the, the community um, that's awesome. That's all. Let's that's, rewind just to one of your, your second point about consistency. Um, Sonia, I suspect you didn't come into your business with that mindset and you probably learned that, that I'm putting words in your mouth. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you probably learned it the hard way. Can you talk to us a little bit about some of the lessons learned early on in, in your journey? Yeah. So in my world, um, you know, it's, when something you know happens, which unfortunately usually is something negative <laughs> happens, and then there's a consequence to that. And um, what I've learned is that the staff watches <laughs> what happens um, in that environment. And for whatever reason, if I don't know that they're watching, they um, will remember how I treated Mary versus what happened with Jane. And in the beginning, of course, of my business, I didn't have managers, it was just me. So everything um, was based on the decisions that I was wake making. Um, so yes, they uh, said, well, wait, last time this happened, you know, you handled it this way. And they brought it to my attention. I did have an open door policy, so I was open to that feedback. And so that's when I realized, okay, um, I need to create some better systems here so that when something happens, these are the steps that we're going to follow. Um, and so now with managers and supervisors and inspectors and everyone, we're all very quick to say, well, where's the procedure? What have we done in the past? Um, so let's be consistent with that. We may need to tweak it. Um, sometimes things happen that we do need to tweak, but we always start with the baseline of this is what we've done in the past and this is what we want to be consistent with so that everyone is being treated um, in somewhat of a, of a fair manner. That's powerful. And, and did that, those systems initially come from your franchisor or? So the franchisor provided um, an overview, meaning, okay, this is where the territory is you're going to work in. Um, this is an idea of how you're going to go about and get the customers. But, um, and even now, I think there's legislation on it. They stay away from the employee piece because we are 100% independent and they don't want a scenario where it could be under, you know, misunderstood that the franchisor has control over the employees. So the employee piece is 100% our baby in terms of how we want to run that, how, you know, how we discipline all of that. Um, they'll give you ideas. They may give you a, you know, a rough template, you know, here's an employee manual, those type of things. But it was really between myself and my lovely employment attorney <laughs> to figure out some things um, along the way, especially if I've made a mistake. Um, and so then certain procedures, of course, became um, very quick uh, to be adapted. Understood. Yeah. The, um, there's somehow that works out for good or for bad, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and I'm thankful for it. I mean, because once it's done, it's done. So, you know, the time, the money that I may spend with an employment attorney to draft something up to say, okay, this is how we handle this. It's done. So then when the next person comes, the scenario will, you know, the name may be different, but the scenario pretty much is the same. And then I can just tweak it to that employee. Well, and it's also, you know, your best practice of, of referring back to those procedures and doc, it's not just something that's gets stuck in a drawer and mm -mm. forgotten about, and then yeah. it's made up on the fly again. No, you, it's a living you, document. 
Yeah. It's a, and it's, it's such a living document that even if a new manager comes on board, they, you know, they get the manual. And so, of course, they think like you do, that it's just something that they receive. But when we have our manager meeting, I'll say, OK, let's let's pull out the manual. Let's turn to this section. And, and then, you know, they're always surprised. Like, oh, I'm like, yeah, no, we, we refer back <laughs> to it um, because if it needs to be tweaked, let's get it tweaked. But otherwise, this is 100 percent um, the procedures that we have in place in terms of how we're going to handle something. Excellent. So let's jump back to the first thing that you, you brought up um, around people and people wanting to take on more responsibility versus us entrepreneurs pushing them <laughs> towards responsibility. Uh, any indicators or signs that you see within your employees of when you know they're sort of ready for a, a next step or a transition or a change? To be perfectly honest, Greg, it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, no, I have no, I have to ask them. <laughs> so I really, at this stage, I will say, you know, we have this position open. Who do you guys think is the best person? So really the, the middle level is really the ones who identify who's coming up in the ranks because they're out in the field, they can kind of see it. Um, and then they're also kind of talking to them. Um, I think it made a difference once I had managers, because I, for some reason, when they saw me in the role, they just saw owner and they thought it wasn't attainable. But the moment I started promoting from within, although it was painful, but once I started getting the folks in the positions, then they could see themselves. And then it kind of opened up the door a little bit more. Um, we're both doing the same jobs, but for some reason, me doing the job, they just the owner doing the job versus if they see, you know, Sarah doing the job and Sarah was a cleaner, then they think, oh, well, then I can do it too, because Sarah used to be a cleaner. Yeah, they could see the path. They could see a path of right. promotion. And um, so talk to me a little bit more about that around as your business scaled and it went from you to a handful of people, to a group of people, to however many you have now. Talk to me about sort of your struggles with if you had any with delegation or control, um, you know, a lot of those entrepreneurs suffer through that, right? We like to do things our way, but there's no way to scale our businesses that way. And so I'd be curious of how your journey has been. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm being vulnerable here. So I'm hoping people will not Thank you go after me, <laughs> but to be honest, I had to learn to let go and to be okay with not a hundred percent. Um, at the end of the day, they're not me. Um, they are going to make mistakes. Um, it is going to cost my company money. And I just need to continue to move forward with that. Um, I think once I, and again, this, this sounds very scary, but once I lowered my standard a little bit um, and gave a little bit more grace, um, it seemed we grew faster and everyone was much happier. <laughs> so um, again, I, it's, a, it's a hard thing to swallow because um, I, I, you know, I'm in a residential cleaning business. So when my customers are saying they want you know, 100 percent, they want perfection. I you know, didn't have to have the kind of conversation to say, you know, well, even if we do 90 percent or 95, which is usually an A, um, that still means there's 5 percent or 10 percent that may not have been done correctly. Um, and so are we going to focus on the 10% and maybe lose an, a good employee um, or can I just, you know, hurrah for the 90% um, that we did? So I think those are lessons that I've learned. I normally don't talk about it too much because it really, 
is not something that people want to say. They, you know, we always do 100 or 150. But in my world, um, you know, I'm thrilled with the 90 and I can grow a pretty successful business um, with us getting to that number. That's fantastic. And I appreciate you being vulnerable. Um, it is a difficult topic for sure. So changing gears a little bit, Sonia, you know, you with your business have been inside people's homes mm. for the last 18 years. Mm. And only recently have the rest of us through Zoom and other <laughs> ways been in our other people's homes. Mm. Um, any reflections over the last two years? I know we're all kind of tired of talking about coronavirus and the pandemic, and hopefully we're at the end, but I'd love to hear some of your insights or aha moments that that have come through these last two years. You know, it's, um, I find, what I find interesting is of my, one of my territory. Um, I can see how some folks are, you know, can adapt real quick and others not so much. Um, and so for me to kind of have grace that if they're screaming, if, you know, because Zoom isn't connecting or whatever it may be, just give them a little bit of time um, because they're, I can see it. I can just, based on the demographics where they are, I can just see that this is just not their strength. Um, so we've adapted now, of course, where we do some estimates in person because as some people are just more comfortable. They just want to be able to see a person. And then we still do others that are virtual. Um, even the crew, you know, the crews for us, you know, where we're used to being in our happy place. You were not home when we came to clean. <laughs> beautiful. We could clean your home and then you would come home and everything would be done. Now we have, you know, two dogs, four kids, husband, wife, everybody trying to do Zoom and we're trying to run a vacuum cleaner. So it has been a little bit more challenging. Um, so there's been a lot more conversations to say, we need a win-win here. You know, we need a time that we can come in, take care of your home. Um, and so there's been a little bit more communication on that and just trying to have more grace. Um, uh, during this time for both of us, you know, from clients to on our part and then on our part, of course, to clients as well. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I, I had that situation yesterday. I had a, a, a Zoom call in the morning and a vacuum behind me and the dog on the back of the bed. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Switching gears a little bit. Um, I know from our friendship that you're a, a big learner and a book reader. Mm. I'm curious what the what's the book on your nightstand today? So I'm I, right now I'm using more audible. Um, so because of just some dynamics that are going on in my life. Um, so audible has been great. I actually do the membership 999 or whatever it is a month. And I get a new book every month. Um, so whether it's Wayne Dwyer, I usually will always search for something on him. Um, I do love uh, any of Oprah's, uh, The Path Made Clear. Um, I like listening to that because it's very, it helps me. I guess really what I'm realizing in myself is more spiritual right now or um, things to keep me in a calm state. I think that's the biggest thing that if, I think if you ask my staff, wow, Sonia has changed in the last five years. It's just really realizing what matters and getting back to a calmer state um, and so knowing what my triggers are so that when something happens, whether it's with a customer or an employee, I can be conscious of the fact that, oh, that just triggered me. Take a second, take a second. Okay, now handle it um, versus handling it out of fear before uh, or you know, frustration, whatever it may be. Fantastic. Um, let's dig into that because I, I 
am similar in in knowing triggers and understanding myself. Um, when did that occur for you? You said five years. Is there a specific moment that you remember or something that you've learned or a book that you read or or you just woke up one day and it was there you were? Yeah, I wasn't happy. Um, I wasn't happy. I was snapping. Um, I was frustrated. I just felt overwhelmed. And I just kind of started thinking this, there has to be a better way because I have, as I said earlier, I have so many people dependent on me and I create the culture in my office. So, um, and it wasn't going to change. You know, we are still going to make mistakes cleaning toilets. We're still going to make mistakes cleaning floors. So I have to be the one to change. I have to find a way to handle the daily challenges of running a residential cleaning company with over 800 clients and over 50 employees. Um, so that's when I had to start doing, um, you know, working on my spiritual, working on my triggers, working on my issues. And do you communicate that with your team about how to best work with Sonia or how they can best work with each other? Is this something that you also implement within your management team? We do um, indirectly. So there are certain books um, that I um, encourage to be read when we first come on board, um, whether it's QBQ, Question Behind the Question, um, which is about personal accountability, Boundaries, um, which is another uh, Henry Cloud book um, that I encourage management to read. So those um, help us to understand a common language. Um, amongst each other um, so that instead of every problem, let me dump it on Sonia's desk, it can be a QBQ moment of, okay, well, what can I own in this situation um, to maybe help the environment, help it instead of just, you know, data dump to Sonia. Fantastic. I'm, I'm building my book list. <laughs> <laughs> Moving to a little bit lighter topic, you know, over your 18 years of running this business, what's your favorite story that comes to mind? Either could be your personal journey, could be an employee, could be a client, it could be at an event, a networking thing, anything just makes you chuckle. Yeah, yeah, actually there was one, and this is a really positive one. So I um, acquired a new office, um, as you remember, and when that happened, it meant that I needed to uh, promote someone. And there was a young lady um, who was already uh, an inspector, but I needed to promote her to assistant manager to help me with some other things. And what was nice, and a moment I'm never going to forget, is when I announced it to the entire staff that she got promoted, the entire staff applauded. And I have never seen that happen. I you know, haven't seen it happen since, actually. Um, and so I just really thought that, A, I, it was the right person, because um, it was a difficult decision, because it meant I actually had to promote somebody who had been with me longer, but just didn't have the right skill set over her. Um, so I was really nervous about doing that. But um, to see the staff respond that way, um, I was pleased. Uh, and it, it just, that was just a nice moment. And of course, uh, she was very humble and um, accepting their applause. But I, I thought that was a nice moment. I don't think I'll ever forget that. Yeah, that's magical. Yeah. Magical. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from, how you ended up. With- the cleaning authority, you know, give our audience a little taste of Sonia's childhood to today. Oh my. So um, Virginia, Virginia girl, pretty much. I was born in Philadelphia. My parents moved me here when I was three. Um, went to uh, undergrad at Radford, got my MBA from George Mason. Um, 
and I worked here in Virginia and I worked my way up in corporate America and worked at the NASDAQ stock market. Great job, great bosses, always had really great experience until my last boss. And I never had a bad boss. And then once I got her, I was like, oh, this is what everybody's talking about. And that's what got me starting to think about entrepreneurship. Nobody in my family was an entrepreneur. So I started taking classes through the Small Business Administration and learned about franchising. And I thought that would be a good route for me because it, um, I like systems like following procedures and it in theory has a, a higher success rate. Um, and since I had limited capital and I didn't wanna move back in with my parents, um, I figured this was the best way for me to go into the world of entrepreneurship. I was in my early thirties. I really felt that if it didn't work, I would just go back to working in corporate America. And um, you know, 18 and a half years later, still here, which is pretty cool. That's very cool. So relive that conversation with your parents when you said, Ooh. hey, Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to leave Ooh. the NASDAQ to start a franchise. Ooh. Yeah, not even just that. I'm, I'm leaving, you know, and again, um, I'm an African-American woman whose parents worked very hard, of course, to get her through college because um, I really wasn't <laughs> that great of a student. But I, nonetheless, I got through. And so they're pleased. They got the, I got the MBA. They got the the you know the perfect corporate job, flying all over the world to Singapore and to Poland and all sorts of places that Nasdaq sent me. So when I did have the conversation, not only am I going to quit corporate America, but I'm going to clean toilets for a living. Yeah, it didn't go that well. Um, but the irony, the blessing was there was something called Discovery Day and franchising. I think the name is different now. But they went with me to see the franchise, and when they saw the other people in the room that's when they pretty much got on board because they realized, well, you know, Sonia, you know, Sonia is in a better, she can do this, you know, and she could, they could see that. And I think that's when they, they got it. And so it really did take them going to discovery day, seeing the other owners who were, you know, going to do this. And so then they were on board. They were of course nervous and, and very prayerful, but, um, but they were on board. What a journey. That's great. Yeah, yeah, it's nice because this business gave me the time to spend with them. I mean, my dad passed in December um, and so of cancer. And so to be able to spend um, basically a year with him um, through that stage and helping my mom now, I would never have the flexibility that I have without this business. And so I am very, very grateful for that. That is one of the, the powerful opportunities of entrepreneurship is being able yes. to manage time. Yes. It's also yes. a curse as well. Yes. There's always something to do. Yes, 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 yes. And that's right. That's exactly. So, you know, saying to my mom, okay, I'm going to, you know, do it this time, but I got to go over here this day. So, but, you know, we, we found a way to work it together. So it makes it nice. So, so continuing on, on that and looking forward, um, what's, the, what's exciting for you over the next five years? Well, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I just Wait. bought a, a building here, you know, for my business. So that's been kind of fun, just figuring out what I'm going to do with this. It's almost an acre of land, what we're going to do with this property and how it's going to look. That's kind of fun, um, you know. But yeah, I, I, I have not. I'm just happy to have made it to this place. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> Greg, I'm sure I should be like, oh, think of tomorrow. I'm just happy that it is working, it's running, and it's doing very well. And so I just want to take a moment to sit and enjoy what this is. And then I will think about the next, but, you know, to have the building, to have the business, you know, mom's doing good. 
I'm just taking a little bit of movement right now and just say, yeah, I'm in a good space right now. We'll, we'll do the vision board, but give me a moment right now. I'm just happy we're on that. Yeah, that's great. Good for you. Um, so our audience members, if they get curious to find you, where's, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Are you on LinkedIn, Facebook, which social media LinkedIn. platforms do you prefer? I'm Definitely LinkedIn is probably LinkedIn or Facebook. You can always IM me on Facebook um, or on LinkedIn. Um, those are two platforms just easiest to re reach me. Um, and I'm open to, to, yeah, definitely connecting because I can, I like to hear everybody else's story and, and uh, see where we can connect and where we can, um, you know, work together if there, if there may be an opportunity for that. Fantastic. And we'll have all that information in our show notes. So you, you, you won't be too far away if yeah. you want to be reached. Yes, Our yes, yes. Members will find you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That sounds wonderful because you know me. You never know if I'm in the states or not. So definitely, but I'm I'm always connected, and no matter where I am in the world, I still connect. Fantastic. Well, Sonia, it's been great to have you on our podcast today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Greg, for having me. This has been fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, it gets my energy going, and you got my creativity <laughs> moving too. And that's a wrap, my friends. Thank you for spending your time with me. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at impactfulleadershipshow.com. One last food for thought, walk on with hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone.